1: the people in the cheaper seats clap your hands (laughs) and the rest of you if you just rattle your (laughs) jewellery
2: Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll and the fab three are back together today on Talk is Jericho. And this time we're doing the ultimate Beatles reunion set list. It's circa 1994 and all four Beatles are still alive and well and staging a huge reunion tour. What would that have looked like? The reunion announcement, the stage setup, the backing band and most importantly, the set list anthrax drummer charlie Bonanti, mike portnoy from winery dogs and sons of apollo join me to break down that exact scenario we each put together a 40 song set list and our own circumstances regarding the uh, fantasy reunion and we're sharing it with you today and you can vote for your favorite set list on twitter at talk jericho let us know which concert you'd buy tickets for or which songs you would include if you were making the set list okay beatlemania is back john paul george and ringo reuniting. Here we go on Talk is Jericho. Starts now. What we're going to do here, this is the Fab Three, of course, the the two biggest Beatles fans I know, besides myself, uh, including myself. So um, we wanted to put together a scenario where the Beatles have reunited. uh, Everybody's still alive. The time frame, the circumstances are all, uh, we're creating all of this. And we're going to put together the ultimate Beatles reunion set list. Now, the rules are: it can uh, forty songs max, and they can be any songs in the Beatles canon, in the Beatles can- uh, pantheon, solo, guest starring albums, whatever. And that's basically it. Anybody can be in the band as far as backup musicians, or however you want to do it. And uh, we create the scenario and we put together the set. So not easy to do. Only picking forty songs.
3: I think that's why I woke up early today. I was like literally laying in my bunk trying to sleep and this was just gnatting at me, it was like gnawing at me like how how do you do this <laughs> I mean, right. we hour down <laughs> to 40 songs
2: it, it took me like 3 or 4 days of like constant revisions and changes uh, not easy but once I got it I was super excited, I even put together a Spotify playlist of my uh, set list which I was listening through just to make sure it flowed properly
3: hmm. how, how do you-, you want to do this then how do well, we unveil these
2: First of all, Charlie, was it easy for you to pick forty, or was it hard?
4: It was extremely difficult, extremely difficult, because uh, just different. You know, there's Beatlemania, of course. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's, and then there's the mid '60s, and then there's the end. And then you have to really dive into the solo stuff. That was, you know, some of those songs are just as popular as Beatles songs. You know. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And that was the thing that was hard about it, too, because I was thinking about it like it's a weird analogy, but Jason Becker, when he played on Lil Ain't Enough album, the Roth album before he got uh, MS and had had to retire, couldn't play guitar anymore. We never got to see a playlist of Becker playing Steve Vai songs, playing Eddie Van Halen songs. It would have been so cool to hear his take as a great guitar player. Of these classic songs and the set list they would have chosen and it's the same thing for the beatles like what would the beatles do if they reunited because they have to touch on all the eras and there's so many great songs it's a very polarizing task because no matter what you do people are going to complain that you didn't play this song or play that song exactly so i think how we should do it is we'll put together uh, our scenarios of how the beatles got back together uh first of all do you guys have that uh, an idea in mind charlie
4: uh, no, I didn't go through that. But
2: <laughs> so what but I was I could what what I was thinking is that probably this time frame for me is let's say around ninety three, ninety four, and I think in the eighties, probably about eighty four or so, Paul and John started jamming together again and uh, started playing, and in my mind, they actually even did a small tour of, like, uh, theaters, and obviously it was a tough ticket, but they went as, um, what would they call themselves back in the early days? Did they have a nickname for themselves?
4: Not the Silver Beatles, but... For the Quarrymen. The Quarrymen.
2: Yeah, they had, like, one of Paul's, like, you know, what was he called, like, Paul Ramon or something like that. They would go on tour under, under uh, like, when I saw uh, Megadeth once, they were under Vic and the Rattleheads, and they played, like, the Whiskey. So they would go under some kind of, a, of an, of a, of an alias, alias where they would do a little bit of a theater tour. But the holdout for the Beatles reunion was george <laughs> he was the one that didn't want to do it finally he agrees to do it and that's kind of where it all starts out was 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 george being the holdup, which i think is very much a george thing to do because he was the one that never wanted to play live
3: i would i would have thought lennon would have been the holdup like he was uh i think the three beatles obviously reunited without john for the anthology obviously but they also did at Eric Clapton's wedding without John. Now, those, those three guys played together at Eric's wedding. So I I think John would have been the holdout. But I, I also do think if John hadn't been killed, this would have happened at some point now. I mean, it's been 50 years now, 55 years, 50 even more if you date it back to you know the club days. I, I, I think it would have happened. I think there's no question about it. Somehow the four of them would have reunited if, if George and, and John had lived. Well, I mean,
4: if you go back to the late 80s, um, the only one who was doing big stadium shows or big shows would be McCartney because he was still kind of riding high Yeah. With, with everything. George didn't really want to do anything. George, you know, had his kind of hits and stuff going in and out. And then Ringo pretty much sizzled out during the late 80s and early 90s. And then he put together that kind of Ringo thing, which, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, the all-star band. So um the only thing that I would say about the 90s would be, I know the Eagles got together in 93, right? Wasn't that? Right. 90, 93, 94,
3: yeah, one of those two, right.
4: So the Beatles would have to predate that.
3: But who knows what John would have done because, you know, he took those five years off to raise Sean, then he comes out with Double Fantasy, this giant comeback, reaches number one on the charts, I mean, at, blows up, and then he gets killed like a week later. Like, who knows how his solo career would have been resurrected through into the 80s and stuff like that. I, it's very possible he could have had a, a solo career just as popular as Paul's if he had lived.
2: Oh, I, I oh think that's, yeah, that's true, that's there's true. There's no doubt about it. I, th- I But I also think that there comes a time when, when they would have started jamming together again and realizing, because like we talked about in the 80s, as ridiculous as it is, I remember I was a huge Beatles fan, but the Beatles weren't really cool to be a Beatles fan at that point in time. If you were a kid, like in elementary school or junior high school, when that hit the 90s, suddenly it was all when the CDs came out in like 86, 87, 88. That's when the Beatles became kind of relevant again. And I think that's what have spurred them to want to start doing something together, uh, not just because they're popular again, because as as friends, I think it would have been hard for them not to get together and continue this ridiculous... Well, they showed
3: it with, with the anthology. You know, they they got together, right, without question, to do the anthology film and, and book, and uh, put together those songs. And uh, you know, since then they worked together. Uh, you know, obviously with the wives, but doing doing love. You know, the Cirque du Soleil thing, and doing all the reissues and the rock band video games. So, you know, as time passed, they they had to work together to, to work on all this stuff. And I think they showed that they were willing to, you know, and they were, you know, they had grown older and they'd grown up and all those resentments kind of melted away. And I think that definitely would have happened at, at John and George lived.
4: Yeah. And the other, the other thing you probably would have to factor into all this is the kids pushing them towards,
2: hmm.
4: oh, oh, that would be cool, you know, to do that, you know, uh, so maybe like George if you say George would have been the holdout maybe his son would have been the one to push him because he did do the the travel Wilburys it's not like he he was against being in a band again but maybe the Beatlemania thing always kind of was, was was a thing that uh not that again you know but this is a different type of thing so maybe it would have happened
2: I think too when you talk about the the musical scene of the 90s the 80s was more obviously thrash metal and 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 hair metal whatever that is very far away from what the beatles did but when you talk about grunge in the 90s i mean all that stuff is so beatles influenced you know everything from nirvana and pearl jam and smashing pumpkins right and-
4: right but you know i i'll make one point here that if if john wasn't killed what if the beatles got you know reunited for live aid you know yeah yeah
3: good that point. would have been 85 or so yeah
4: Right, Point. so that would have been the the thing. Let's get the well, Beatles together, you
3: know. Yeah, I mean, well, Zeppelin got together for that, and Sabbath, and, uh, uh, Sabbath, yeah. So it, it's very
2: possible, especially with them as always I, being so charitable and and being into helping humanity and peace and love and all that sort of stuff. That's a good call.
3: Yeah, but I think Chris, you mentioned like. Uh, the hair movement and the thrash movement, and the grunge movement. Honest, honestly, I don't think any of that would have had any bearing on those guys. I mean, they they are in their own stratosphere. You know, the the thrash and hair movement, and grunge that affected like us. You know, the three of us and our age group. But for some, you know, a band like the Beatles, you know, the the Stones were never affected by that stuff. The Who were never affected by that stuff. I think when you take a band like the Beatles, they're on their own stratosphere that's untouched by any phase or, or you know, trend or, or fat that's that's going on in music.
2: Absolutely I agree with that. My point is is that the door was open for these other bands to be going because they were name checking the Beatles as influences, it might have been more akin to to a reunion at that point in time in the 90s just because the 80s would have been the healing process getting back together doing this theater tour with paul and john finally convincing george to get involved and my idea point was do the show or announce the reunion at woodstock 94 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can't be involved
0: then this summer click into cordless power with memorial day savings at the home depot Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more
1: done. Do you want a beautiful lawn?
2: So, I guess you asked how we should do this, Mike, and I think probably the best way to do it is we have 40 songs. Should we do them in groups, like groups of four, maybe? Like you, you say four, I say four, Charlie says four, or is that, is you do them one by one? How do, you, what do you, how do you guys think you should do it? I don't
3: know. Sure call, man. <laughs> it's deep. I mean, it's going to get deep, you know? You could sit here and comment on each and every song, and that, you know, there's 120 songs between <laughs>
2: three of us. Well, let's, let's do it in groups of three. Uh, that seems like a good way to do it and that way we can kind of comment on the different tunes but first of all who's in the band who's opening the show let's get into some of those type of things because to me i feel that with all of the you know different types of songs that they're playing you would need to do kind of a stones thing where you would have some backup musicians uh, on stage with them uh, as well as the actual four beatles
4: I already, like, when you originally told this idea, like, a couple of weeks ago, I immediately thought of the opening band that would be such a treat for Beatles fans would be the Ruddles. Yeah, uh, I have the same. <laughs> I have the
3: same on my list, too. I have two opening bands, <laughs> but the Ruttles one is one of them.
4: Like, the Ruddles come out, and then they just play that first album or most of it. And it's just like, that to me makes people get there early to see the Ruddles. And it's just such a a fun night of that and then maybe after the ruddles go off there's a short film about the beatles and then as that film ends the beatles
3: come on i had two opening bands i had uh first b- before the ruddles first opening band would be vitalica just to keep it keep <laughs> it modern and give a modern edge to it and then the ruddles <laughs> Which is basically when I I did Yellow Matter Custard. See, I'm going to have to constantly be harping back to Yellow Matter Custard because for me, I kind of already did this. I did like, okay, here's my Dream Beatles gig, except I was able to be in the band and I was able to put together a 40 song set list. And uh, even, you know, the intro tapes, like, you know, before I went on with Yellow Matter Custard, I did a mix of Ruddles music and Vitalica music and, you know, had my intro tapes and my outro tapes. So it was kind of like my way of kind of getting this fantasy football you know beatles gig out of my system already twice now
2: i um love the idea of the ruttles it's great i had uh two ideas one was the idea that uh i can't remember if i coined the name or you did mike it was here comes the sun and sun is spelled s-o-n and it's all the beatles kids that have put together a band danny harrison on guitar zach starkey on drums Julian on vocals and keyboards, Sean on vocals and guitar, and then uh, James McCartney on bass. If he plays bass, if he doesn't, he has to learn. and And that would be "Here Comes the Sun."
3: Man, for, forget about this old fantasy football thing aside. I would kill for them to do that. In in reality, that's for
2: real, the yeah,
3: thing ever. I would kill for, for for that. That would be so freaking cool. Well,
2: and I think it fits because I think all those guys actually do play those instruments. I mean, I think I think yeah. James plays guitar, and if you can play guitar, you can play bass. But or even get someone else on bass and just have three guitar players. Well, Sean, like,
3: I think Sean plays bass in, in some of the things he does. I really wish that they would do that.
2: The other idea that I had is if they're going to do a tour, do what the Stones does do and have a different opening band every night, but it's the biggest bands of all time. Like U2 opens right. one show, Foo Fighters opens a show. Like you name whoever's huge doing their own arena shows or stadium shows, they open for the Beatles. Springsteen, right. you know, like put together the ultimate night of rock and roll.
3: I mean, you could literally have the Stones and the Who and and U uh, two, like you said, or Pink Floyd. You know, yeah, any one of those bands could yeah. open for. They would pretty much get have the pick of the litter.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. Just be just be clamoring for it. So on stage, I have uh, obviously Paul, John, George, and Ringo. Uh, I got Billy Preston on piano. I got Eric Clapton on guitar. Oh yeah, and I have Paul's backup band in its entirety, Abe Laboriel rusty wicks and brian doing all the different parts that need to be done as far as you know i think wicks that guy who plays keyboards for paul is great because he does all the strings uh obviously i think when you have ringo you'd have to have another drummer on stage with him um percussionist. just because i think it's just better for for the sound and Charlie of the band sometimes Ringo plays band-like. drums sometimes he sings sometimes they both play kind of just depending on whatever i, I want to whatever they want to do and what they need and then I got a horn section. It's this old Stones section of Bobby Keys and Jim Price playing the sax and the trumpets that they would need to do.
3: See, I don't know. Like, that sounds amazing. That band is that's ridiculous. That sounds amazing. And it reminds me a little bit of like when uh, Danny did the concert for George. Yes. You know, he had Clapton and he had all this amazing band and Billy Preston and all the people that were part of the Beatles' legacy and George's legacy. I love that. One of my favorite live concert videos ever. But in, for me, putting together this list, I, I guess I was just, too hopeful. I just pictured just the four of them. I, just yeah, kinda, me, I was kind of hoping it would just be the four of them.
4: I would want to just see the four of them on stage all night with a backing band behind something that you don't really get to see. And then the one thing I do have is when they do While My Guitar Gently Weeps, they do bring out Eric Clapton as a guest mm-hmm. yeah. for that song. But for the most part, the whole night is just the four of them on stage because nobody wants to see anyone but these four you know what i mean and nobody
3: got to see them beyond the rooftop concert the four of them never played live after 66 so it would be really like curious to see how the four of them could play together with just the four of them how would they sound you know would they still have their chops and because it's never happened and even paul and ringo to this point i think they've only played together a couple times in the last couple decades so it would be amazing just to see them and you know some bands can still do it you know the, the stones are up there with just them What other bands from their era can still do it with just them and not an embellished band? Well, but
2: the thing is, though, the Stones do have the backup band. Obviously, the the band pictures and the focus is on the four of them, but they've got an entire horn section. They've got all the backup singers, uh, you know, Dale Mm. Jones on bass. And that's kind of my point was, of course, the focus is on the four of them. But if you're going to delve into some of this Pepper stuff and, you know, Magical Mystery Tour and et cetera, et cetera, there's so much strings and horns yeah. and that sort of thing. You have to have some backup musicians or else they would just have to concentrate on doing stuff from the first, you know, first six or eight albums up to 66. That's
3: true. That's right? true. And you need, you need Giles Martin uh, doing front of house sound.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good call. That's a good call. So, yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement. And I like Charlie's idea. Maybe you put them all behind you know uh, some kind of a, a curtain or whatever my idea was to keep it the way the stones do it where they have all the musicians on stage but they're kind of flanking them
0: and the focus is all on the actual stones themselves this summer click into cordless power with memorial day savings at the home depot tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40 volt battery powered mower and keep your flower beds fresh with a 40 volt cordless string trimmer Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
4: Now, yesterday and today, our theater's been jammed with newspapermen and hundreds of photographers from all over the nation, and these veterans agree with me that the city never has witnessed the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool who call themselves the Beatles. Now, tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them. Right now and again on the second half of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles.
2: All right, well, let's get into the actual set list. Uh, Let's do them in groups of three. Uh, Mike, why don't you start? What's your opening three songs for the Beatles reunion tour show?
3: Well, the opening tape is going to be the Ed Sullivan intro. Nice. Bringing them out. And then my first... Two songs are, once again, not to harp on it, but the, it was the way I opened the first Yellow Matter Custard shows. Mm. Just uh, opening with Magical Mystery Tour, which I think is a great... In fact, I would name this concert, by the way, or this tour. It would be the Magical Mystery Tour. That's great. Uh, but, uh, and then from that, it's just such a great opening tune. And then from that, Wind Down into Dear Prudence as a, a great second song. Oh, wow. And then uh, then... Here's here's the catcher with with my set list. It's chronological. Other than the first two songs, it's chronological. So you open with Magical Mystery Tour into Dear Prudence, just to you know, just to warm up. Then you have some sort of rewinding tape or something signifying that we're going back in time, and the rest of the concert up until the encores is chronological. And um, the 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 next song would be it won't be long, which was of, of course the first song on with the Beatles. Um, So in a lot of cases, you know, that was uh, very, very uh, symbolic of of where it all began in a lot of ways. So before we get deeper into my my set list, pretty much there's only on my list a few songs that span 63 to 66 because they had played a lot of that material live. So I wanted to focus on stuff that was never played live. So you're pretty much going to only get three or four songs from me that fall in that period and the rest of the time it's like post 66. But anyway, that's my opening three magical mystery tour, dear Prudence, rewind tape, and then brings us back to uh, the beginning with it. Won't be long.
2: I love the uh, idea of calling it the magical mystery tour. And I also the idea of like, you said of having the, the film, I think Charlie said having a short film. That's one thing that bothered me about the police reunion after 25 years. I think they just walked on stage and Stuart hit a gong and that was it. Like, we missed out on having that kind of reason why we're all here, the the mania of the police. And you could do that with the, with the film clip with the Beatles too. So Charlie, what are your opening three? Um, So after the film,
4: everything goes dark. And then you hear the tape of uh, the whole symphony orchestra, whatever, tuning up and boom, they go right into Sergeant Pepper. (laughs)
2: Cause
4: I would have to, for me, it was like that if they started with Sergeant Pepper for me, That would just be it. Like the hair on my arms and everything would just stand up and I'd be like, I'd probably faint. Um, (laughs) And then Pepper goes right into a little help from my friends. Ringo sings, everybody freaks out and then that ends and then they go into strawberry fields and that closes the first three songs.
2: Wow. Now, what are you thinking as far as uh, outfits? Like to me, they're not doing outfits. They're just wearing whatever they're going to wear. Right, they're going to,
4: yeah, exactly. I would love to see them come out in the Abbey Road clothes, but I don't think that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, like a tribute band, like George yeah. is wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. That would be
4: awesome. It just sets the tone for the night. Like, okay, so Pepper is our, come on, Pepper is the, one of their greatest albums, if not the best, and then start with three songs from that. I think that would just... Dan, your evening is a a splendid time is guaranteed for all.
2: Okay. Um, So for me, I'm doing the opposite of what Mike did. I'm doing it's a full on greatest hits set with no chronological order whatsoever, but like Charlie, same thing, uh, an extended version of the orchestra tuning up and here they are for uh, Sergeant pepper. And then uh, Sergeant pepper goes right into drive my car
3: Whoa, you skipped a little help of my friends. Yeah,
2: i not doing wow. that. I can't wow. have I can't have Ringo singing second in the set.
3: Hey, they, <laughs> they did it on Social "Pamper man. Yeah. An album.
2: But uh, it goes right in the drive my car, keep the up tempo going, and then uh, and then crazy video with all the Beatlemania behind it as they launch into She Loves You.
3: Hmm. So you actually it sounds to me your kind of arrangement so far is the way that the love show is. The love show is very all over the place. And yeah. uh you know like uh, it's it, it opens with uh you know because backwards but then it goes back to beatlemania then yeah. it flips up into the psychedelic stuff and
2: yeah and, that, and that's the thing like to me it, there was no real uh rhyme or reason it's just like a set when you go see you know, I don't know metallica or maiden or kiss or anthrax or, or neil span just i know you guys are doing your own album but just putting together a set of what feels the best um yeah. and i thought that'd be some real crazy like if we were there just one right into another of just these crazy uptempo riffs so um and I thought she loves you'd be a good way to introduce the like, crazy stage too with like lots of video in the back and obviously it would be the same way that you know the Beatles are always on the cusp of technology the same thing for this stage it'd be a stage that like all the Cirque du Soleil geniuses create to be the best stage show and production of all time what do you got nice. what do you got what do you got for your next three Charlie
4: um, they go right into rock and roll stuff. It goes right into back in the USSR.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then the fifth song is a George song because George hasn't sang yet. So it's While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Wow. And they do bring out Eric Clapton. Clapton yeah.
3: You're going with the big guns right out of the <laughs> gates. Yeah, because, you know, I, I
4: you just want to set the tone because then you know the Beatles are going to take it down to a weird place maybe in the middle of the set. And then the next two songs are back to back. They do Penny Lane because they did strawberry fields third mm. so paul they do penny lane that goes into yellow submarine just get that out of the way they have to <laughs> <laughs> they have to do yellow submarine i mean come on and then that that song in itself has so much imagery on the stage you know
3: mm-hmm. holograms yeah, utilizing you know? all the all the yeah all the film stuff and the psychedelic stuff the cartoon stuff that's great
4: yeah and then I have uh, Taxman,
3: which when that's when it gets heavy. Hmm. <laughs> this is great, man.
2: What do you got, Mike?
3: All right. So we were rewind the tape. We're going back to the beginning. They they, they, they won't be long as a third song. So now uh, we continue down memory lane moving forward. And it's a bunch of the early rockers, but stuff that maybe they didn't play in the early years. So next up is uh, You Can't Do That, Babies in Black. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, You're so- going yeah, those wow. two are you know kind of well. John's you can't do that. And Babies in Black, which is great. Paul and John, Roman, crazy harmony, yeah. Part out. the whole time. And then George gets his first moment. And I'm jumping forward to Rubber Soul now, uh, and they do Think for Yourself. They pull out a pull out a deep cut for George. Wow. <laughs> does
2: Paul wow. does Paul pull out a fuzz bass?
3: <laughs> yeah, Paul's playing fuzz bass.
2: <laughs> I always loved that fuzz bass when I was a kid. I was like, what's a fuzz bass? I remember went to. Um, Music store once and asked if they had any fuzz basses in stock, and the guy's like, "What are you talking about?"
3: <laughs> but you know, there are two bass parts on that. There I mean, are. When I did it with Yellow Mattock. Neil played a distorted bass. It was we called it like the Lemmy bass, right? And then Matt was playing the clean pole parts. There really are two two distinctly, distinctively different bass parts on that song.
2: I didn't realize it was an effect, though. I thought it was actually. Like an actual, it's called a fuzz bass that you (laughs) Yamaha fuzz (laughs) bass,
3: like like it's fuzzy. It's like a fuzzy (laughs) bass.
2: That's right, yeah. Something Flea would play. Um, Sorry. Okay, so I go from "She Loves You" straight into "I Saw Her Standing There." Keep that vibe going, and then I go psychedelic with "Strawberry Fields," and I am the Walrus once again with the crazy back back to back with the imagery and all that sort of stuff that you would expect to see, and then I'll keep it going. Then uh, my next three is "Get Back." And then George gets his moment with While wow, My Guitar Gently Weeps with Clapton. I get Back's got Billy Preston, obviously. And then George goes right from uh, Gently Weeps into something. Wow. Little George thing. That's okay. one thing I, I really wanted to give George a lot of spotlight because I think yeah. one of the reasons, like I said, that he was holding out is like as an artist, he's just as critically acclaimed as, George, as uh, John and Paul and doesn't want to be treated like the little brother anymore. So he gets quite a few spotlights in my show for sure.
3: It's, inter- it's going to be interesting when we see the final set list from all three of us. Like yeah. how many crossover songs there are. Yeah. Like right. I think that I think there's already been at least two or three that are going to be definitely being on all three lists.
2: And there'll be some obscure ones that we just like that you know they got to do a couple of those as well. So, what do you got for your next three, Mike?
3: Uh, where'd I leave off? We left off with uh, Think for Yourself, so now we're getting into Rubber Sol- Rubber Soul and revolver land and two more from from Rubber Soul, The Word and Wait. Hmm. Both of which, to me, think for yourself always goes right into the word. So they would do it back to back like it is on the album. Mm-hmm. And then wait is just a, a great deep cut. And I don't know. I love the deep cuts. I see. I'm not, I've, I've never been one to go for all the hits. I don't have Hey Jude. Spoiler alert. I don't have Hey Jude on my list. I don't have <laughs> Let It Be on my list. I don't get back on my list. I'm just into the deeper cuts. You can't do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, that was on my list as well.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. It is. Yeah. I think uh, it's one of those things you have to, I felt that you had to keep a, a you know, they, it's just the reunion of the Beatles. You had to play the biggest hits. Now, for guys like us that listen to them every day. But once again, if we were, you know, McCartney plays them all the time, too. But for the actual right. Beatles to be playing them. So,
3: so I you, think so I'll, been, st- I'll stop there. I'll stop there because it's a nice <laughs> okay. uh, grouping for some minds.
2: Were you going to say, Charlie?
3: I was going to say, I think, like, some of the songs that
4: Mike has, I think this was the show that we are all trying to get into the night before. at right. Like, <laughs> Roseland or something. Where they just Cavern <laughs> the Club.
2: <laughs>
4: when they just pull out these songs like CBGB's Beatles and CBGB's. So I ended with uh, Taxman. The lights go out, and then they show a short film, a short little piece about the Beatlemania thing, and then, bam, that goes right into A Hard Day's Night.
2: Mm. Nice.
4: So A Hard Day's Night finishes. Help comes right behind that. Nice. Um, and right after Help, we still continue with I Feel Fine, and then nowhere man that's my next four
2: mm-hmm. yeah i like the uh, the combination of the hard days night and help for sure it's a, a good mix
3: yeah
4: i feel it, fine it's it's another... such a it's such a you know that song in itself is such a heavy cool type of song and i don't know hearing it live would just probably sound a little different when they play it you know what i mean it just has just this really different vibe from the rest of their songs
2: it's one of those ones, like, if that was, like, a song by the Dave Clark Five, it would by far be their biggest song ever. But right. when you're talking about the Beatles, it's, like, number 50 on the list of great songs yeah. because they have so many, right?
3: Another curious thing will be how many of these songs did they ever play live? You know, like, they, I, you know, they did right. help. I'm pretty sure they did to the Hard Day's Night. Yeah. But the, I'd be curious, like, on our list, how many of these songs were ever played? actually performed live by the beatles
2: well and considering after 66 there's what five right don't let me down get back uh, i i've got a feeling you can right. dig a pony i mean there's, they didn't play anything One of nine nine. yeah that's right okay so i i left off with something and then keep the ballads going it's paul doing yesterday by himself uh straight into all my loving and then straight into another obscure song that would have been a huge hit if it was by another band of you're gonna lose that girl
4: Oh, mm. one of my one of my favorite songs.
2: Huh? Yeah. yeah, and there's a, some serious bongo playing by Abe while well, Ringo plays the drums. <laughs> I want those live ones. Bu- I love that scene.
4: I was like, "Are you boys buzzing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Ringo's Ringo's playing with the with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know. isn't that when they're trying to saw him from underneath the yeah. stage? Yeah, Are yeah. yeah. <laughs> You guys buzzing right with the cigarette out of his mouth? So great, yeah. man. Yeah, so those those are my next three. How about you, Mike?
3: Uh, well, then we, for me, still going chronological, then we start getting into Revolver. And, uh, you know, from this point on, it's all stuff that was never performed live. And uh, the next trio for, were from Revolver. Uh, she Said, She Said, mm. Andrew Bird can sing, and then the live debut of Tomorrow Never Knows.
2: Wow. I like that grouping. Yeah. yeah. And just so you know, none of those songs made it into my set. Wow. But, yeah. I think that tomorrow never knows would be cool. You can do some real psychedelic. Like I want people to go to this, and for songs like that, or if you're talking Walrus or Fields, like whatever Pink Floyd did in their heyday. This is a million times like you, you got to be stoned to really get the 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 true, you know, true vibe of this. Like they're they're out out in space. Whatever kind of lights and kaleidoscopes and shit is going on. Like I want you to walk out of this show just going, what the hell just happened? This is craziest yeah. thing I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. Well, love is love is a lot like that. Yeah, you're know, right. I you saw but man, the last time I saw it, it was just mind blowing. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So incredible.
2: I agree. Charlie, what do yeah. you got? Uh, this brings
4: us to the portion of the show where each guy gets to do three solo songs. So it starts with Yesterday, Blackbird. And then Paul says, this is John Lennon's favorite song. And he does Here, There and Everywhere. Oh, wow. nice. Um. And then that finishes and then john gets up and he does imagine and then he does starting over because oh. it would have been a big hit
3: yeah.
4: and then he he finishes that off with uh, a day in a life wow um, then the next one up is ringo and he starts with um it, it don't come easy mm. you, you're 16 um and i only give ringo two songs <laughs> 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 sorry buddy and then and then George gets up and he does My Sweet Lord I Got My Mind Set On You and then he talks about the song that Frank Sinatra thought was the greatest Lennon and McCartney song <laughs> and, he, and he goes into something and then that finishes that section
2: I love that you did like the starting over and uh, Got My Mind Set On You like huge tunes that you kind of forget about when you talk about those Absolutely. guys' solo work, because you always just fixate on the 70s stuff, you know? Good stuff.
3: That's great. That's great. I like the way he broke that up and gave them all, you know, a, p- a little portion, a little portion yeah. in the middle of the show. Well,
2: actually, so we finished with You're Gonna Lose That Girl, then that goes into Hard Day's Night and Help, Charlie's idea. I had the same one. Hard Day's Night, Help, and then uh, Let It Be with McCartney on mm-hmm. the piano. And we're, I'm, I th- who
0: plays bass on Let It Be? Uh, George. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: What do you got next mike
3: uh well now now we start to get to sergeant pepper land and uh i'll I'll give you a chunk here i'll give you a five-song chunk actually basically going with once again all the deep cuts usually the Lennon stuff so lucy in the sky with diamonds paul gets a moment we're getting better and then back to john for the next three for being for the benefit of mr kite i am the walrus and strawberry fields so this is definitely a psychedelic portion of the show with this, this five-song chunk here.
2: That's awesome. Mm. Yes. That's good. Charlie's read quite a few, so I'll go next. Um, after Let It Be, then they go into Obladi Oblada, big sing-along, one of Paul's granny songs. Um, <laughs> 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 and then uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand, uh, and then finally Ringo gets his spotlight. as They go from I Want to Hold Your Hand right into I Want to Be Your Man. Oh, wow. wow. cool. Yeah. um, And then I got my solo section, so I want to be your man. This is pretty obscure, but I've just been really digging it, of Goodnight Vienna. Mm. So wow. Yeah, I want to be your man, straight into Goodnight Vienna, and then they go into What Is Life, George's tune, mm. and then they go into Band on the Run, Paul's tune, mm. and then they go into Imagine uh, John's tune, and that's the God, Can you
3: imagine them all playing those songs together? God. like
2: i was just thinking of them playing what is life and band on the run like band on the run with the beatles on playing the music oh my gosh yeah so cool so yes my my solo section was each guy got one song out of the out of the i figured out of all those great songs i could only spare one each uh Mm -hmm. and then you know with with ringos i thought it'd be doing fun this one that uh, john had written so that's the section uh where you at charlie
4: Oh, then we go to, we're going to go backwards again, and we start with I Want to Hold Your Hand, Love Me Do, She Loves You, and then Nowhere Man. Wow. Nowhere Man has got to be the, like, it's just one of those songs that, you know, when you hear it, for me, it just has this kind of melancholy feel. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it always just, I love the song, and it's just a very happy sad song and i think that song played live the whole audience would be singing that song
3: they did do it live i'm pretty sure the live at budokan yeah budokan Um, yeah they did did perform it on that tour
2: and i bought i bought that dvd uh at airs in tokyo (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
2: (laughs) the long lost airs which unfortunately is shut down now yeah
4: so i mean if they did that uh Udekam was what sixty six, yeah, sixty five or something,
3: sixty
4: six. Right, so Candlestick Park would have been when?
3: That was summer of sixty six. Same that year. That was
4: so okay. So that would have been the last one. Yeah. And the set list was probably the same.
3: Yeah. You know. Yeah, they were doing. Uh, they, they did. Uh, if I needed someone and and uh, nowhere man. So there were a couple of songs off of uh, of a Rubber Soul. Uh, I don't know if they did any Revolver. Uh, not sure of him.
2: I don't recall any Revolver tunes. Yeah, maybe
3: not. I, I think, think they, they were done by then. Rubber soul.
2: Yeah, I think they were done by then. I thought they did Paperback Rider. Oh, yeah, they did. But that's not on...
3: Yeah, that was. but that was also 66. That was, a, I think, a, that was a single from yeah, 66. Yeah, because
2: they did Day Tripper as well. Yeah. Right. But right. not. Uh, they didn't do that. Uh, those aren't Revolver tunes, obviously, so...
3: Yeah, Payback Rider is a good one. I I don't have that on my list. In fact, that that would have been a good call.
2: Yeah, it didn't make the cut for me either. But here's what did make the cut to get George to agree. Uh, they put the Beatles also put out a new single for this tour, but it's a it's Sour Milk Sea with George on vocals. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'd be such a Beatles thing to do a new Beatles single, but it's sung by George. You'd be like, wow. Right. So, yeah, they come out and do the new single, Sour Milk Sea, which, of course, is number one in 53 countries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and keeping the spotlight on George, they go into If I Needed Someone, and then uh, Paul takes over with Eleanor Rigby. Hmm.
4: Well, I don't have that on my list, Eleanor Rigby. That's one that I don't have.
2: Yeah, I That would have
4: been
3: a good one to bunch together with yesterday because those are, I think, the two only two songs where it's only Paul.
0: Oh, well, Rigby but- too? Wow!
3: Yeah, Eleanor Rugby's just Paul and a, and an orchestra. And yesterday's just Paul with with a string quartet.
0: Wow! I mm-hmm. guess uh, a,
3: a few other songs. I guess maybe Mother Nature's Son, but I and mean, then those were the two songs that were pretty much just Paul and strings.
2: Hmm, interesting. Well, maybe we'll try a, a band arrangement for that or something. But what do you got next, Mike?
3: Uh, well, now we're entering the White Album period. So uh, they come out with back in the USSR. And then finally, get while my guitar gently weeps. And once, like you guys, it would have Eric Clapton as a special guest for that. And then they're going to do "Happiness Is a Warm Gun," uh, which is a, a deep cut that they're attempting. And and they and they have a train wreck. They actually f- it up. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> because Ringo can't play the odd time signatures in the middle. So yeah, <laughs> the, the Beatles are actually they show that they're human with that that tune. But then they make it up. They go into uh, the next three are the big rockers. They do your blues. Everybody's Got Something to Hide, except for Me and My Monkey and Helter Skelter. So they, they finish up with a big rock and chunk from the White Album.
2: And you're just saying it with the Beatles because you guys f***ed it up in Yellow Matter Custard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the beginning of Everybody's Got Something to Hide, I think I did f*** it up with Yellow Matter Custard. That's a tough one.
2: Yeah, you told one. The... That
3: and the beginning of Drive My Car are deceptively difficult to find the, the, the one at the start of the song.
2: You know, Once again, when when you see stuff like that, I mean, you know, the Beatles were so good. I mean, I would, I would hesitate to say that that was a mistake. I mean, that was a calculated, strange entrance on purpose, you think, as far as when the drums came in?
3: I think so. I think that was probably Paul's doing or George Martin's doing. I don't think that was Ringo. But, uh, yeah, the, the way that the, the guitar is phrased at the beginning of Everybody's Got Something to Hide or the way that the guitar is phrased at the beginning of Drive My Car Somebody must have known what they were doing. I don't think that's a mistake. And there's a lot of songs like that. Like, have you ever tried to find the one on Christine 16 by Kiss? Mm. It's, dun, dun, it's, dun, dun. it's yeah. really hard. There's a lot of songs that have that where you, you can't find the one. And uh, these are a couple couple that stump me every time. Like
2: King of Pain is like that for Police? Yeah, exactly. And House of Pain, uh, Van Halen, 1984, that song House of yeah, Pain. Yeah, totally. That's a very hard one especially yeah. for you guys being drummers to say that for me as a bass player, I could barely find it. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to catch in on those. What do you got next, Charlie?
4: Uh, next song Paul introduces, how many birthdays do we have out there and everybody <laughs> goes crazy. And
2: then bam, you love that It go,
4: goes right into birthday because that's, that's a Beatle rocker. And of course the audience eats that up because they flash the names <laughs> of everybody's birthday on the screen behind them so i'm giving a visual of this too um that finishes and then boom we go right into come together which john talks about his political views and at the time it would have been clinton
2: mm. yeah
4: so he gives a little bit of stuff like that about how he was deported from you know america mm. anyway here's here's that song and then that finishes and then they can go off and they do rain which is a very obscure song, Nice. Uh, which gives Ringo a little bit of a uh, you know, spotlight. Um, so Rain finishes, and then um, we go into Waiting Madonna. Hmm. <laughs>
3: Damn. You can't lose, man. Every song. You can't. Is, uh, you, 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 you can't miss.
2: I mean, you could, and okay. I'm, I'm saying this joking, but I'm not, you could pick the 40 worst Beatles right? songs, <laughs> and it would still be a badass set. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's kind of like what, Last time I saw Ringo live. That's the way it was <laughs> Just kidding <laughs> I, I, I'll bet that none of us have What goes on though I will guess I'll, I'm going to predict yes. that None of us have what goes on, on
2: What list. goes on and act naturally Are like yeah. two strange yeah, anomalies yeah. And one of them's a cover So what goes on Definitely the worst Beatles song Is what goes on
3: a cover? <laughs> no I don't think so Okay
2: So I want to make no. sure So following through with me after Eleanor Rigby Then we go into Lady Madonna as well Everyone loves Lady Madonna And then of course the huge sing-along Of All You Need Is Love um, Which They do kind of a Hey Jude type thing At the Mm -hmm. end uh, Love Is All You Need and people sing along to that And then they go into uh, Everyone's Got Something to Hide except for Me and My Monkey Gotta have that mm. in there. Except for they don't f- up on mine, they get it right. Yeah. But that's also why they have another drummer on stage who nails it, while Ringo right. just does hand claps or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you got next, Mike?
3: Uh, giving George another one, but once again another deep track. Because this is my fantasy list. I just want to hear songs that you would never expect to hear. So they go into a, only a Northern song. Oh wow! You know, some soundtrack, and George gets his moment. And I, I was I was torn between that and Blue Jay Way. Yeah. But I went with only a Northern Song. And uh, going chronologically, next would be because uh, I did chronologically in terms of writing and recording. So let, in, in my world, Let It Be comes before Abbey Road. Right. And uh, the next chunk <laughs> is a is a Let It Be uh, chunk of Two of Us, Dig a Pony, and I've Got a Feeling.
2: Wow. All of them, which they <laughs> did play live before.
3: Uh, well, they did. Duke of Pony was played live on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. And I've got a feeling as well, both
2: of them. Yeah, made. all three of them, yeah.
3: Yeah, and Two of Us is in the movie uh, with the two of them, John and Paul playing acoustic and George playing bass.
2: Right, right.
3: And you know what? I'll, I'll take it one step further. I'll finish out my set because the main set then ends with I Want You, She's So Heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's how my main set
2: ends. Leave it to Porner to pick all the obscure ones. I love it.
3: I know it's a, it's kind of like what I do with the Elamaticosta. Is this is pretty much how I did it. It was all the deep tracks and stuff that you always fantasized of possibly hearing live, but you've um, never heard any Beatles cover band even play.
2: Just uh, to clarify, what goes on is written by Lennon McCartney and Starkey.
3: Really, you yeah. Co-write on that.
2: The only only Lennon McCartney Starkey song that I think there that exists.
3: I should say in the last. Yeah. <laughs> there is one track, and I think it's the only Beatles track credited to all four of them. Can you name it?
2: It's Blue Jay Way, isn't it? No, no it's, it's star. Uh, no, I mean, no, no, it's it the was... instrumental. That's the, What's it called? Da, 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 flying. They... flying. Flying.
3: Yeah, there you
4: go.
2: That's That's
4: exactly it. Yeah. Which used to be it. called. What was the first name of that song? What? Of that song before... What was the working title? The
2: Flying? Oh, I don't know.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wasn't don't... it called Aerial Tour Instrument? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really,
2: aerial tour yeah. instrument, huh? Interesting. Okay. Uh, Ins- insignificant beetle knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> so, what goes on it was actually written by John in the in days, uh, and they brought it up uh, when uh, they needed a song for Ringo to sing for Rubber souls So they gave him that one. I don't know where Ringo is. Oh, has- how
3: nice of them! How nice.
2: Oh, here we go. When asked what his contribution was to the song, Ringo jokingly stated, "I wrote about five words." And I haven't done a thing since. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Charlie, what do you you got coming up?
4: Uh, So this is going to close the set and we're going to start with uh, a very psychedelic Lucy in the Sky with diamonds. And this one's going to have like the way ACDC would have the big rosy, like the inflatable. You're going to have a bunch of these around the stadium just floating around, making people feel like they're high as a kite. Um,
2: what, we'll be floating then, around a bunch of diamonds.
4: Um, yeah. And some Sergeant Pepper. Uh, I mean, some uh, Pepperland kind of thing. Gotcha. You know?
2: Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Apple bonkers that throw <laughs> apples at people. like that. <laughs> and then we're going to give George Here Comes the Sun which mm-hmm. is is you know one of my all-time favorite top 10 Beatles songs then we're gonna go into uh, get back that's my least favorite Beatle period but you have to play get back i mm-hmm. guess you know
2: mm-hmm.
4: not one of my favorites and then the set is going to end with hey jude and then mm-hmm. and then that's going to be a long one and then they're going to go off
2: okay uh there's an interesting uh drum pattern for here comes the sun I think George or Ringo talks about that in the Living in the Material World. Is it like a 6-8 or a 7-8 or something?
3: Yeah, the one It's a bar of 6 and a bar of 5, I'm pretty sure. 6-5? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: But- it's pretty amazing that Ringo caught a lot of that stuff, too. And like I was mentioning, Happiness is a warm, warm gun earlier. I mean, there was a lot of odd time signatures in that one, too. And uh, I think, you know, obviously none of those guys really know odd time signatures. I think they just play a riff and they feel it, you know, the musicality of
2: it. You're right. Like, I don't think they could sit down and write it out in theory, but the feel of it, that's what it is. They probably didn't know what odd time signature even meant back in those days.
3: Right. I'm sure George Martin totally was aware. You know, he, he knew all that. And in fact, maybe he was the one that helped kind of guide them through how to, feel some of those time signatures perhaps
2: well once again you know always bagging on Ringo is funny but the guy is just a genius drummer uh for the parts oh, yeah. that he plays the cho- choices that he makes so definitely like even just watching him clap that off like I said on that living the material world it was like yeah this guy knows his shit man this is an old school 60 yeah. year drummer that knows what's up
4: yeah, uh, Ringo used to take more chances back in the early days yeah. than he did later on Later on, he got a little lazy, and maybe he was just high. Uh, but, like, <laughs> you know, uh, things like Tomorrow Never Knows, that that drum pattern is just so – it's like – it's classic. It could have been a loop, you know what I mean? Right. But it wasn't. It was really – and
3: then – It's literally just one beat just for, for yeah. three or four minutes.
4: Yeah. And what, One of my favorite Ringo pieces was then You Can't Do That. You know, it's like, because I told you – It's
2: just – yeah. It's just like, yeah,
4: that's why Ringo's that's why he's the drummer. It's
2: like he it's hears. like his fills and day in the life. They're they're not oh, crazy, yeah. but they're just so tasteful and perfect.
3: Well another yeah, another Ringo thing that I love and I've always wondered if it's intentional or not is uh, Ticket to Ride. He's got that one groove that goes to dum du, to du, Then halfway through the song. I think after the second chorus, it switches to to to, to, to to to, And I've always wondered if that was intentional or if he just didn't realize that the pattern was different. Lost his place, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: and the, you know, because one of the other things, like I love that part too that you just mentioned. But in uh, Hey Jude, when Ringo comes in, he starts okay. to play. He plays on the ride, and then he's like, "Oops, nope." And then he goes, he goes wow. to the hi hat. Great call that's a really yeah. good
2: call i never really noticed that but i know exactly what you're talking about though huh
4: it's like the, the same thing happens in uh that guns N' roses song uh sweet child of mine mm-hmm. where he starts to beat and he and then he goes off from the ride to the to the hi-hat hmm. huh. or vice or vice versa it was one of those things
2: it's, it's, like, it's like why wouldn't you bother just re-recording it? or maybe they just like the feel of it like you said a lot of feel uh used at well, those times i
3: love that. the human element yes human it's it, it, it's personality it's character yeah
4: it's but, not yeah it's not quantized
2: <laughs> you know? right it's like just
4: leave it man yeah
2: it's a, it's a human um my set finishes off uh, after everyone's got something to hide it goes into norwegian wood where george actually does play a sitar nice bring that on stage and then they go into come together and then we finish off with uh me and mr mustard into paul Athene, pam she came oh. into the bathroom window. Golden slubbers carry that weight, and the end. Hmm. The uh the Abbey Road medley.
3: Did did and do they do Her Majesty at the end or did just end with the end?
2: I wanted them to, but it's not the end of the not the end of the show. It's just the end of the set. So it depends. Mm. It depends. Uh, we could add it as for hardcores <laughs> like us. But the love you take is equal to the love you make seems like a good way for them to leave the stage. Yeah. Thank you, good night, sort of thing. And meanwhile, yeah. the only nerds in the place like us will be going. They never played Her Majesty.
3: Well, to take it a step further, and once again, I hate to keep bringing up Yolanda Costa, but we're talking Beatles here, so I have to. <laughs> when 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 we did Side Two of Abbey Road, I put Her Majesty into the middle of the of the medley where it originally was. If, for people that don't know, yes. originally Her Majesty was um, right before Polythene Pam, yes. and then they took it out. They chopped off the tape. They took the tape, they put it at the end of the reel and forgot it was there. And then when they ran off the masters, uh, it actually tagged on Her Majesty at the end. They forgot that it was tagged on to the end of the reel. That's why the original artwork for uh, Abbey Road doesn't have the track listing of Her Majesty. And that was added later. So when I did it with Yellow Matter Custard, we put it back in the middle. in the, So it was exactly where it originally was in between me and Mr. Mustard and Pauline Pam.
2: Well, you know what, Mike? That's what the Beatles are going to do. They're gonna do it. <laughs> they in the middle. They're gonna stick it right after mustard, just for guys like us. It's 17 seconds <laughs> or whatever, and uh, I love it. That's a great idea.
3: <laughs> so it's and, and and everybody's gonna be disappointed because this would have yelled out of custard. We get to the end to meet Mr. Mustard, and then go into Her Majesty, and everyone's like, "Oh, they're not gonna finish it." And then mm-hmm. you kick it the polythene Bam, bang down, get out, and the world is right again. <laughs> exactly.
2: And also yeah. at the end of uh, uh, the end after the drum solo, the guitar solo goes on for a long time and it's uh we've got one of Paul's guys playing bass so it's Paul on guitar, George on guitar, John on guitar, Clapton's on guitar and they're all just nice. trading off solos for 2 or 3 minutes just rocking That's great. So they leave the stage and then uh, I'm assuming you guys probably have encores?
3: Yeah, I have I have 3 encores actually. Nice. So my show they they ended the set with I want you she's so heavy. It's just building and building and building into the white noise and then it just blacks out and the show is over. So I have three encores. The first encore is when they they dive into all of the solo material, and each one of them does two songs. So I'll just go through the whole whole first encore. It starts with Ringo's portion. It starts with I'm the Greatest, which, of course, was written by John Lennon for him.
2: Just like Good Night Vienna was.
3: Yeah. And actually, I think the studio version of I'm the Greatest, if I'm not... If I'm not wrong, it might contain all the Beatles on it. That first Ringo solo album, it wasn't the first, but the the self-titled one, had all three Beatles on it, and I think they might all appear on I'm the Greatest. Wow. So this would be like a chance for them to actually play it live. Then they go into *It Don't Come Easy, which to me is one of Ringo's best solo
2: songs. Yeah, great tune.
3: Then George gets his uh, two. Each one of them are getting two songs. So then they do uh, What is Life by George, Mm -hmm. and then George... Pays tribute to the fact that they're all back together again, and they do "When We Was Fab," which oh. was obviously his tribute to the Beatles.
2: Cool song, yeah, that's good.
3: Then John gets his pair of songs, and he does uh, "Jealous Guy," which originally started was written during the White Album period as uh, "Nature's Son." What was it called? Uh, a it child of nature. Or something? Child of night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they do "Whatever Gets You Through the Night," nice. which gives uh, Paul a chance to to, to do the Elton you know Elton's parts the duet with John yeah
2: that's a great song that no one ever remembers what a killer tune man
3: yeah John Lennon Elton John yeah. the duet
2: is great that's the one that
3: uh, is they it, did live at Madison Square Garden yeah they said it if it Lennon's goes number one you gotta appearance.
2: come sing it live with me or something like that right and
3: I think that was Lennon's last appearance on stage it ever. was yeah. I think it was around 75 or so yeah and then they close out the uh, the solo material stuff with two of Paul's. They do uh, Uncle Albert and Admiral Halsey, which is just so Beatlesque. Mm-hmm. And then Band on the Run, and that closes out the first
2: encore, which is also Beatlesque as well. Both those two yeah, are quality totally. Beatles best. What's your encore, Charlie? Uh,
4: they come back with the uh, Sergeant Pepper Reprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, and then I screwed up before. It wasn't in John's set. It wasn't a day in the life that he ends with it was in my life Oh, so this one it goes to the Sgt. Pepper you know the prison and everything and then it goes into a day in the life mm. um, they do that and then and then we go into the paperback Rider. after that you follow a day in the life yeah because it goes it, like that's a big pause and then boom it comes back with paperback Rider. and I was going to put day tripper there but I'd be over my limit right mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't do that, but because I still, my, my last three songs still are, are going to be Live and Let Die, which is a big one with the bombs and everything, and then Golden Slumbers, which, and in, into the end, because that's how it'll end, but then they come back again for All You Need Is Love, and that's how they end the whole night, with love.
2: That's great. Mm. That's so apropos, too, like for the Beatles to end like that, right?
3: Yeah. Confetti, I could picture the entire audience covered in confetti. Yeah, man. Love confetti.
2: Yeah. Great idea. <laughs> Jeez, your, your show's better than mine. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next encore, Mike?
3: Uh, second encore is it's almost identical to what Charlie just said. They uh, they come out with Lovely Rita, Good Morning, Good Morning, "Sergeant Pepper reprise "The day in the life. Pretty much they pick up uh, halfway through side two of "Sergeant Pepper, for, starting from Lovely Rita, and then they ride it home to the final chord, and that's the second encore.
2: My first encore back in the USSR. Uh then Ringo gets one more little shove with with a little help from my friends, which goes into Hey Jude. Big sing along, they leave the stage again. Hmm. Charlie, which is uh, so you finished off with all you need is love, right?
4: Yeah, I'm done. And then the only thing that I have is as people are walking out, they play good night without hey! things.
3: <laughs> I have the same thing. I have the same thing.
2: And then Mike, what's your final encore?
3: Well, the third encore is is similar to what uh, what you had, Chris. Uh, they started "You Never Give Me Your Money." Oh yeah. Um, yeah a lot of people like some people start side so two of Abbey Road at Golden Slumbers. Mm-hmm. Some people started at because for me it begins with the piano of "You Never Give Me Your Money," and uh, basically the third encore is you know the whole ending of Abbey Road from from you never give me money all the way to the end without her majesty. And just like Charlie said, the outro tape music is, is good night with Ringo sleeping, which, uh, singing, which was my outro music for <laughs> yellow matter custard as well. So there you go. There's <laughs> so my show
2: for the Abbey road medley. Um, you never give your money. What's after that?
3: Uh, then it goes into, uh, college of college. I just, I just did this a few days ago with
2: transatlantic.
3: So I got to what was it? What's the order? You never give me your money. I pull
2: it up. right Is here there something I in I between that though? Sun King. No, oh, uh, oh, Sun King.
3: But yeah. you know what? See, I cut um, that.
2: To me, yeah, it so- starts at Mustard, not Sun King. Or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Candy.
3: You never give me your money. And then Sun King is on the album, but I think Sun King is optional. You go for Me, Mr. Mustard, Polity, Bam. Gotcha, yeah. Bathroom window, hey, Cold Slumbers, carry that way at the end.
2: All right, now, are you putting Her Majesty in there like I am, or are you leaving it out?
3: No, no. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's just too, it would be too anticlimactic.
2: Gotcha. But I mean, are you putting it after Mr. Mustard?
3: No, because you did that. that, 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 That'd be be your fantasy show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) From your idea. My last encore, second encore, they come out and it's Day in the Life. And at the end of Day in the Life, when all the chords, the piano chords are hit, they just leave that piano chord going for like five Mm. minutes as the Beatles take their bows. The whole band takes the bows. They leave. There's the four of them. They take the bows. And then they like. The way that the stage is set up, it's almost like there's a like a snake bit like Metallica does where they can go around and shake people's hands and sign autographs True. and selfies and all that stuff. Meanwhile, where they're doing that, the piano chord stays. If it's two minutes or five minutes or whatever, it just stays at that cool.
3: But uh, does the piano chord ever end with the inner groove laughing? <laughs>
2: Never had it any other way. Now, like that would be the very final <laughs> thing.
3: And then that's, that's yeah. Out, you know?
2: yeah, that's my uh, exit tape, which clears people out hugely because it's so annoying.
3: <laughs> Immediately <laughs> clears the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it pretty interesting. All three of us had a day, pretty much a day in the life, where the Abbey Road medley is kind of the closures I mean, those are two of the, the big, big final moments for yeah. Beatles albums. You know,
2: you know, and. Um... You know, I think Hey Jude is is, is is a great way to end a show, too. But between those three, those are the ways to go. So let's just run through our whole sets. I'll give you mine first, just for people following at home. It was Sergeant Pepper, Drive My Car, She Loves You. I saw her standing there. Strawberry Fields, I Am The Walrus, Get Back, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Something Yesterday, All My Loving," You're Gonna Lose That Girl, Hard Day's Night, Help, Let It Be, Obladi Oblada, I want to hold your hand. I want to be your man. Good night, Vienna. What is life? Band on the run. Imagine sour milk. See if I needed someone, Eleanor Rigby, Lady Madonna. All you need is love. Everyone's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Norwegian Wood. come together. Abbey road medley. Uh, and then the encore back in the SSR with a little help. Of my friends at Hey Jude. And then the last encore day in the life. What did wow. you have? What did you have, Mike?
3: Opening bands, Metallica and the Ruddles opening uh, intro tape is at Sullivan. And then the concert begins, Magical Mystery Tour, Dear Prudence, rewind tape, and then we go back to the beginning. It won't be long, We can't do that. Babies in black, think for yourself. The word, wait, she said, she said, and your bird can sing, Tomorrow Never Knows, Lucina Sky with Diamonds, Getting Better, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, I'm the Walrus, Strawberry Fields Forever, Back in the USSR, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Happiness is a Warm Gun, Your Blues, Everybody's got something to hide, except for me and my monkey. Helter Skelter. Only a Northern Song. Two of us. Dig a Pony. i got a feeling. I want you. She's so heavy. First encore is I'm the Greatest. It Don't Come Easy. What is Life? When We Were Fab. Jealous Guy. Whatever gets you through the night. Uncle Al- Almore Halsey and Band on the Run. Second encore is Lovely Rita. Good morning, good morning. Sergeant Pepper reprise A Day in the Life. Third encore um, Side two of Abbey Road, starting with "You Never Give Me Your Money," all the way to the end, and then uh, the outro tape of "Good Night,"
2: Charlie.
4: I forgot all mine already. I <laughs> I, I, I crumbled it up and threw it.
2: It's like, oh God. Sort of I know we. And, yeah, go back it. and yeah. piece it through and uh, tweet yeah. it to us. That talk is Jericho.
0: <laughs> Can we do that?
2: Yeah, uh great show, guys. Like, uh, you know, something that obviously we never got the chance to see or hear. Um, you know, I think we can all agree that no matter what, had they all stayed alive, there would have been some sort of reunion at some capacity, whether it was just a one-off or whether they did some touring or whatever. I think that definitely would have got back together and done something.
3: Here's a question for the party. Uh, has any, have any of us ever seen more than two Beatles live? I've seen three. I saw George Harrison in 74 I saw McCartney countless times, starting from '76 and Wings of America, and then I've seen Ringo on the All Star Tour. So, has anybody else seen
2: no, three man. or more Beatles? Cause I think, I no. Because think, I think George was your first concert, right, Mike?
3: Yeah, it was. '74 yeah, yeah. in Tucson, Arizona.
2: Yeah, I'm the uh, junior statesman in this. I just saw Paul, and the first time I saw Paul was in 2002, and I've probably seen him a dozen times since then, but he's the only one that I ever saw. How about you, Charlie? Uh,
4: uh, just Ringo and Paul. That's the only two I've ever. But you saw Ringo, you? yeah, yeah. I've, I've, those are the two I've actually even met.
3: Would would be Ringo and Paul. I mean, yeah, I think I think all three of us have met both of them. I think. Yeah. right?
2: I never got to meet Ringo, and I never punched him in the face either.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> hey, Charlie gets the, distinct, the distinction of actually hitting a beetle. Knocking well,
2: his glasses off. So let me. What's what's a better story? Charlie uh, accidentally elbowing Ringo in the face and knocking his glasses off, or Jericho hiding in a bathroom stall to listen to Yoko pee?
3: <laughs> you sure it wasn't? You sure she wasn't singing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, she's doing vocal warm-ups <laughs> all right uh, Paul McCartney winked at my daughter man that that was pretty pretty uh well, life-changing
2: and didn't Paul also wink at your mom too
3: well uh, my mom thought so my mom <laughs> said you know my mom and dad were at Chase Stadium in 65 and she she swore you know to her dying day that, that Paul winked at her and I was like well yeah I'm sure he did. He probably winked at about a 1,000 girls that day. <laughs> but then when me and Melody met him years and years later, as, as you guys know the story, you know, he, we, the three of us were just standing there chit-chatting and Paul just looked her dead in the eye and gave her a wink and a smile. And it was like, oh yeah, now that's a wink and a smile.
4: Yeah. By the when Paul came out, we were at the Grammys and uh, he comes right
3: over and, and he
4: pinches Mia's cheek and is like, uh, look at you. You look so adorable. And he starts uh, talking to her as if I'm not there. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, this must be dad. And I'm, I like I said, I think I just blurted out I love you or something. And uh, it was just a moment. Dude. It's like it's a beetle.
3: It's what a charmer. He's trying to pick up both of our daughters. <laughs> But well,
4: think, he was the cute beetle,
2: you know. I think yeah. it's, I think it's just in his DNA at this point in time, right? Like he's that's just a, a lifetime of making people happy, and people are gonna smile at anything he says. You know, if he come to go, oh, a brown wooden desk. <laughs> oh, Paul said brown wooden desk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whatever he says, people just want that moment with him. And I, I you know, yeah. I, I had that moment at the Rocker Hall of Fame too, and uh, ended up with him basically telling me to leave him alone and fuck off. But it was a great story leading up to <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day as we wind down, like, it's not going to be long. Uh, it won't be long until there's no living beetles left Damn. on the planet. And it's a weird feeling to know that those two guys are still with us. It's like the stones. It's like when you go see them. I'm saying this in, 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 this, in, in, a, in the best in a, in a respectful way. It's like going to see like a dinosaur on Jurassic Park, This this creature from another time that you'll never see again. That once this creature is gone there will never be another one like it ever again
3: yeah it's pretty amazing that paul and ringo are pretty much it because you know obviously we we don't have john and george obviously but uh you know the, the this family tree goes so yeah. far beyond that you know billy preston and george martin and uh Je- jeff emmerich and Stu sutcliffe and uh linda mccartney you know the family the extended family yeah. is, you know a lot of them are gone too so it's yeah, you really have to really appreciate that that we still have Paul and Ringo on Earth, and because, like you said, there's going to be a time, probably not too long from now, when they won't be here. It's just it's just life, you know. It's just. But yeah, uh, yeah you have to appreciate that that here they are still, you know.
2: Exactly, we appreciate uh, the music, and and uh, it's always fun to to talk with you guys about the Beatles and all the ridiculous texts that we always get, and then doing something like this which was a, a lot of fun. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to put to get this together because we had to put in some work on this one. It wasn't easy just yeah. to throw together 40 songs, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, it was hard. Cool. It was fun, though. Thank you, man.
2: Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, thank thanks, you, Mike. Man. Thanks, Charlie. All
4: right, guys. All right, have, have a guys. good day,
3: man. Talk to you soon. Speak soon. Bye. Cheers. A very big thank you to everybody for coming along here today and making it, well, you know. You made the show
0: anyway. Wonderful
2: audience. All right, thanks to Charlie and Mike. Remember, Anthrax are doing the festival circuit this summer in Europe, also still opening for Slayer, uh, but they're doing the Wacken Festival in Wacken, Germany, on August 2nd. We played there last year. You can get tickets to any of their upcoming shows and to their VIP experience before each show. Go to anthrax.com. And Mike Portnoy and his band Sons of Apollo have a live album coming out on August 30th. It's Sons of Apollo Live with the Plovdiv Psychotic Symphony. Is recorded at the band's show in the Ancient Roman Theater in Baltimore. Bulgaria. What a cool uh, vibe. They're also working on a new studio album, which should be out next January. All right. You know what else is happening next January? Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at C-Part Deux. Setting sail January 20th. Come join us. We are 92% sold out. I'm telling you, uh, less than 90 cabins to go. You know who's going to be there. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. You got to join us. This is going to be the vacation of a lifetime. Where else do you get to hang out with Ric Flair for like a week? You get to see Fozzy. You get to see... AEW, got a huge AEW announcement coming up. we got a lot of huge announcements coming up. And tell me, let me tell you this. uh, A couple of these announcements of people that are going to be on this, uh, well, there's, well... I'm just going to stop talking before I get myself in trouble. Let me put it to you this way. Don't wait until this cruise sells out because uh, you're going to be really regretting it if you do. I want you to be there. It's going to be the vacation of a lifetime. We are so close to selling out. Come join us, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Find out what cabins are still available uh, and find out exactly who all is going to be there. There's so much great talent from the past, present, future. Uh, Live comedy shows, rock and roll bands, AEW, Hall of Famers, signings, pictures, uh, paranormal experiences with beyond the dark, Dave Schrader. Lots of great stuff going on. And lots of great stuff going on with Fozzie. Like I said, not only are we going to be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling and Rager at 2, we're also going to be at Incarceration next Friday in Mansfield, Ohio. I actually got a great podcast uh, lined up for that, talking about the uh, uh, Mansfield, uh, Ohio State Reformatory, which is where the festival takes place. It's haunted. So we're going to hook up, see if we can get some uh, great paranormal stories about that place. Then we're doing a couple shows with Nickelback, August 22nd and August 24th, Uncasville, Connecticut, Atlanta. Atlantic City, New Jersey. Then Unleashed in the West, starting September 5th in Denver. September 6th, Colorado Springs. 7 Grand Junction, Colorado. 8 Salt Lake City, Utah. 11 Crystal Bay, Nevada. San Francisco, Sacramento, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, Bank of California Stadium with Iron Maiden. That's going to be a monumental show for Fozzie. San Diego, Tempe, Tucson on September 20th, September 21st, El Paso, Dallas, Houston, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Atlanta, Georgia on September 28th. Find all gig information at fozzyrock.com And all VIP meet and greet information is there as well It's one of the best VIP experiences you're ever going to have Come join us, come hang out with us Fozzyrock.com Thanks to everybody who listened to Judas 30 million views on YouTube And Painless just got to 6 million views on YouTube those are legit hits thanks to all of you guys so we will see you uh, in the fall with Fozzie and we'll see you on Friday when a true A-lister returns my old brother uh, Dave Bautista he's talking about his new summer movie Stuber he's talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 Infinity War and of course his final WrestleMania and his final match ever uh, at the WWE he's talking about the the match the circumstances behind it he's not going back to wrestling ever he's going to tell you exactly why on Friday and he's going to tell you about this hilarious new movie called Stuber. Dave Bautista will be here on Friday. Uh, Have a great July 4th. In the meantime, and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. and a big yeah, boy!
0: Beatles, baby!